Check one, two. Go! Curious about real estate? Yes! Then you've come to the right place. Get the knowledge you need. Get over the fear and get started. This is the Michael Quarles Real Estate Show with your host, Michael Quarles. Hello, everybody. Michael Quarles with the Michael Quarles Real Estate Show. I'm excited. Man, today I have Ty Crandall with me. He is a business credit expert, which sounds fascinating to me. It absolutely sounds fascinating. I, there are some things that we're going to discuss that I didn't even know existed. And um, he's going to clarify a lot of things I know for me. And I hope he clarifies a lot of things for some of you and those of you that, that may need business credit or may not even know that it, there is such a thing. I can tell you from experience that at some point in your life, having business credit is important. So take some notes, re-listen if you need to. Here we go. So Ty, tell me about yourself. Well, I really consider myself to be a serial entrepreneur. You know, I've been a, a business owner and been interested in running and owning a business really since I got out of the military many, uh, many, many years ago. And I find that I have a passion for really two things. I love money. And it's not just the making of money. I just love capitalism. I just love the concept that somebody can take an idea, a vision, a product, a service, and be able to offer it, and other people pay money for that. To me, that's just such an intriguing, uh, intriguing thing. It always has been intriguing. And may, the may, other let, end, let me stop sorry, you there. Go ahead. So you like money? <laughs> well, we need. To I stop. know it's hard to believe, right? We have, we have to stop the the interview now because I just can't have a guest on that likes money. <laughs> well, I know it sounds so funny to say, um, but you know the interesting thing is, is that. I see it even in my six-year-old. You know, I have a six-year-old now that's, you know, for for example, for Christmas, he asked for money. He wanted to have $100 from Santa Claus. And his intrigue with money, I, I find interesting because I can really relate to that. That's really in a simplistic form um, how I kind of look at my own. You know, he just likes the idea of getting money, collecting money for chores and doing good things and then saving the money. You know, the whole concept of just how money works, how capitalism works, even at his young age, he's attracted to. So I just like the idea of business. I like the idea that, again, somebody can have something of value that somebody else will pay for. That's always been very, very intriguing to me. And at the same time, I love business. I love the, uh, the concept that you can just be passionate about something or have an idea and then turn that into a business that employs people and provides value um, to the world. So I think those two things are really what drives me, just the love of business and the love of just capitalism and the ability to be able to sell products and services and provide value and get paid in return. Well, I absolutely believe that I, I love money. I think money allows us to do all kinds of great stuff. And I'm learning as I grow younger that it allows me to help those that have been less fortunate and who can't help themselves. So without an abundance of money, little things like that wouldn't be possible. Business is intriguing. What is the, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of business, types of business in your, in your industry. What is the, the, what is the type of business that intrigues you the most? Well, I don't think there is one. I think the idea that intrigues me the most is that there's so many. 
You know, and, and, and that's the thing is I'm the kind of guy where when I sit down and somebody tells me about their business model, I'm like, ooh, I want to do that. And then I'll talk to somebody else and they'll tell me about their business model. I'll be like, ooh, I want to do that. You know, I think it's just the idea that there's so many different types of business models out there, that there's so many different types of businesses and that they function in so many different ways. I think to me, that's the intrigue. Um, I often find myself you know, hearing about people's businesses and their passion really pushes me to say, man, I'd love to do that. I'd love to experiment and experience that. And I think, um, you know, my wife will say that my dream job is to be able to kind of be part of a lot of different businesses, to be able to kind of be a part of a lot of different models. So to me, it's the diversity of businesses that is really appealing to me beyond just one industry or one type of company that I like more than another. So you want to be a shark tank participant, not participant, but one of the sharks. You know, I think it's intriguing what they do. I mean, it's pretty cool to, you know, not be the one solely responsible for everything in the business, but be able to come in and find young or amateur or amateur entrepreneurs that don't really know as well their path and be able to help them find that path and help them take a company that's in a startup phase or struggling phase and make that ultra successful. So, yeah, I love what they do. Um, I love any of those kind of shows. You know, there's another one called Restaurant Startup that I find intriguing also where, you know, they'll basically invest in all different kinds of models. So, yeah, I think what they do is very intriguing, being able to participate in a lot of different types of businesses and provide value and insight versus just spearheading one, I think is intriguing. I do too. I, I, I think it's a great thing. But one of, when I watch the Shark Tank, and it's one of my favorite shows, one of the things that is a takeaway for me every time I watch it, and this, may, this, this statement may be too soon for our conversation, but I really have to say it. I feel bad for the people that are not, they're not giving away a portion of their business. I don't believe that there's an inequitable exchange there. I think that there's an equitable exchange between the, the, the share that they're giving and the money they're receiving. But I feel bad for them that they don't know how to create that money that they need on their own because it's out there. There are ways for them to, to, to arrive at, at their financial need without giving their shares away. Now, those that give their shares away for, for the experience of the person giving them the money, I understand that. But if we're just talking shares for money, I feel bad for some of those folks that are just doing that because they just don't understand where money comes from, which is going to lead me into where does money come from for you? Well, that's a tough question. And I mean, kind of responding to what you just said, I think there is a difference between equity and debt. And I don't think there's a right answer of how to do it. I think some people, you know, find more value in providing equity to somebody in return for investment, whether it be cash or um, energy or, you know, commitment from somebody else versus debt. And I don't really necessarily know which one of those. I think both of them can provide value if you do it the right way and you're bringing somebody um, with value um, into the organization. But, you know, to me, where money comes from is that's a, that's a pretty tough question um, and an open-ended question at that. You know, to me, money comes really from ideas. 
It comes from concepts. It comes from solving problems. It comes from, again, being able to provide value. And, you know, I read something online the other day, I think last week, that was really interesting along this line of, hey, you know, all you really are is the value that you can provide to others, to the world. And I can't kind of think there's some truth to that, and I think that that's kind of where money comes from because, to me, money all starts with a concept. It all starts with an idea, and that idea is what then, you know, breeds a company that then inevitably makes money and, and, and furthers itself with hiring people and being able to provide value um, to the general population. So I don't know if that's too wide-ended of an answer, but that's kind of how I think of money. I think it all stems from a concept and an idea and the ambition to solve a problem. Yes. I, and I apologize. I didn't ask the right question. Love the answer to the question, but I didn't ask it the right way. When a business is in need of money, how does that business go about obtaining that money? Well, when it comes to getting money, there's a lot of different ways to do so. And, you know, one of the first things that I will say is that I talk to a lot of people that are of the Dave Ramsey mentality, where you don't obtain debt, where you don't borrow money. And I think on the personal side, that's okay. I think, you know, you want to stay away from high interest debt. You want to borrow or you want to spend what you have, not rely on credit to get you what you want to have. But businesses fundamentally, if you look at the largest privately owned, publicly owned companies in the country, they borrow money. It's how they've got to be as successful as they are. And unfortunately for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of startups, a lot of people in the stages where they're struggling, they just don't realize that money is available. And in my experience, this comes from you know them having this idea that if you need money, you go to your bank. And when I stand in front of an audience and ask, where would you go if you need money, the whole room in one will say, my bank. But you know, when you look, the banks aren't the one responsible for the majority of lending in the business space. I mean, inherently, banks, conventional banks, are very conservative. They deal with very conservative risk. Business lending is very risky. When you're dealing with a space where seven or nine or ten, you know, or seven to nine usually, depending on the, the amount of years in business, of businesses fail, that's risky space. So the one thing that listeners should know is that you know, if you need money for a business, a bank really isn't the best place to go unless you've been in business years, you have excellent personal and business credit and financials, and, and you're pretty much perfect on the business and personal side. That being said, there's a lot of alternative options out there right now. There's places like On Deck that offer cash flow financing, and there's hundreds of those type of lenders popping up. Um, if somebody has you know, consistent revenue, that's a great option for them. It's fast, easy money, but it's pricey. You know, if somebody does have good personal credit, then they can qualify for many different types of unsecured financing that are out there. There are usually business credit cards or business credit lines. Um, and then there's asset and collateral-based financing, which really has to do with if you have a 401k or stocks or commercial real estate or inventory or account receivables, some type of asset or collateral that you want to use as leverage to qualify. And then there's a lot of alternative financing out there that works, you know, kind of alternative SBA where somebody has to have good credit to qualify. They need good financials, but if they have good credit and good financials, they can get higher dollar loan amounts, long, longer terms, um, and good rates. 
And then, you know, my specialty is dealing with business credit because business credit's a catch-all. doesn't matter if you have cash flow, credit or collateral. Any company, even from inception, can build business credit. And this is basically obtaining credit for your business EIN number that's not linked to your personal Social Security number. So for those of us that don't know what an EIN number, explain that to us. Well, you have a social security number. Your social security number is your identifier in this country. So, for example, our IRS knows who you are, recognizes you based on your social security number. It's your identifier number in this country. Well, your business has an EIN number, and it's the business's identifier number in the country. It's also how the IRS sees, knows, and recognizes your business. So if you're to apply for a bank loan, if you're apply for a bank account, business bank account, or a business credit card, every one of these applications will ask you for your EIN number. Really, beyond first taking the step of setting up an entity, whether it be a corporation or LLC or whatever entity you choose, really the next step in building a business is to obtain an EIN number, which is free from the IRS. And then that's going to be needed to take the future steps of getting a business bank account um, and the other things that you'll need to do inherently with your business. A lot of my audience, we are real estate investors. So we're out there buying houses. Of course, we can get conventional loans to buy a house. A lot of us don't like doing that because we don't like being tied to or the responsibility of the loan. How does someone obtain a business loan if they're going to if they want to start an investment business how does someone obtain a loan without qualifying for that loan what avenue should they go down well when it comes to real estate real estate is really tough to get financing and this is why we see so many real estate investors come in and start building business credit because you know business credit is a way where you can obtain money without the personal liability without the personal guarantee without personally being liable for what takes place in the business. So a lot of people will follow those steps. They'll come in, they'll get vendor credit at places like Uline and Quill. They'll then move up after they have a handful of accounts to store credit at places like Home Depot and Lowe's, you know, places that they'll commonly use to rehab properties if they're doing that as part of their investing. Uh, and then after they have about 10 accounts, they're able to move into Visa cards and MasterCards, of which don't require a personal credit check and personal guarantee. Okay, and hang on, let me, let me stop you there. So there are credit card. I'm not a credit card person. I have them. I don't like them. So I apologize in advance to this question. How does someone go about getting a credit card that they don't personally guarantee? Well, it just comes down to this. The reason you have a personal guarantee is because you don't have enough business credit established. That's why it's needed. So if you're dealing with a company, what most people don't know is that if you go to apply for a loan or you go to apply for a business credit card, they're going to pull your EIN credit. They're going to pull your business credit. So this is provided through Dun & Bradstreet, Equifax, and Experian Commercial. So they will pull your business credit profile. Now what happens is most people don't have established business credit. So they pull a business credit profile. There's nothing there. Then they come to you and say, we've got to have the personal guarantee because your business can't stand on its own. Now, once a business builds its credit profile and score, in the exact same circumstance, the lender pulls the business credit profile and score, they see what we call trade lines, which are basically accounts that are reporting on there. The accounts are paid as agreed. The person has a good business credit score. They have many 5, 10, 15, 20 accounts reporting on their credit profile and score. What happens is now the business can stand on its own. 
It doesn't need your personal guarantee. It doesn't need you as the signer or guarantor because the business credit is strong enough where the business can stand on its own to obtain that financing without you being involved. And a perfect example is think about any large publicly or privately owned companies. You know, a business grows beyond the business owner. So at some point, a bank isn't going to care about you as the owner because your company has more assets and value than you do as an individual. And this is why Apple and Dell and you know, any of these type of companies, their CEOs, presidents, owners are not signing guarantors for their debts because the company's credit is strong enough where it can stand on its own. And the owner really doesn't matter much because their value, their assets are only a fraction of what the business actually has. So that's really how business credit works is you're building a credit profile and score for your business, and then in doing so, the business is strong enough to stand on its own when you start applying for credit so you don't have to provide that personal guarantee. Got it. I understand it. Most of us aren't Microsoft, Dell, Apple, those kinds of companies. Most of us are mom-and-pop LLCs or corps. At what point should someone actively start building their business credit? From inception. Because look, most businesses, if you look at the statistics, almost 80% of entrepreneurs are using their own personal credit cards, their own personal funds to fund their business. I'm sure you as I have heard many cases time and time again where people use their 401k, their stocks, they maxed out their credit cards, they emptied their savings accounts because they had a vision that they were passionate about and they went all in on the personal side to fund that. But what most entrepreneurs don't know is you don't have to do that. The business itself can be its own asset and stand on its own two feet to start qualifying for credit that you can use to scale the business without needing your own. And, you know, I had a, a client on the other day on a webinar, and they're a perfect example. They sold a beat-up truck and a plasma screen TV to get 1200 bucks to start an accounting business. They quickly realized they needed more money. They got in, they started building business credit, and then this gave them the credit cards they needed to furnish the office, to get the computers, to get the things they needed. So it gave them the ability to get what they needed to start the business and start paying on what they were actually borrowing as the company was producing revenues and pay that off. And they continue to do this to grow where they're making, you know, they made over a million dollars their first year. Well, that's not common for startups. And it's near impossible to do if you're using personal funds to try to do it. But with business credit, you can do that from inception. You can be able to get everything you need to start and fund your business using the business as collateral and asset instead of you relying on your own personal credit and funds to be able to support the business. So walk me through the, the steps, if there are steps. I'm sure, you know, if there are or if there are 10 steps or five steps or three steps, walk me through, I'm, I'm brand new. I'm a brand new business owner. I want to start down this path of business credit. First, second, third things I should do. Well, the first thing to know is that business credit and consumer credit are pretty much fundamentally built the exact same way. You start with no credit profile and score. You get credit with people that actually report it to the reporting agencies. You use the credit, you pay the bill, and your credit is established. So fundamentally, the two really do function the same. Now, business credit, the one thing to keep in mind is this. If you're applying for brand new credit and you have none, you're a startup, then you have to understand that what you put on the application is going to be worth its weight in gold because inevitably, that's all they have to go off of. When you're building business credit the right way, you do not even put 
your social security number on the application. So you're submitting an application. Your social's not supplied. They can't look at that. Your EIN credit isn't established. They can't look at that. So what's going to happen is they're going to scrutinize your application. They're going to make sure that you are a legitimate, credible company. So they're going to make sure that you have a real business address. If you don't have one, then you might want to invest in something like a virtual address that's offered through companies like Regis. Okay? They're going to make sure you have a business phone, that you're not using a home phone or a mobile phone. They're going to make sure you have a real website and a toll-free number and a fax number. They're going to make sure you have a professional email address. Every line item on the application needs to reflect that you are legitimate, you are a credible business. If you've done this, then the next step is you want to get started with starter accounts. Now, in the consumer world, we're used to very small limit credit cards or secured credit cards to get us started. In the business world, we start credit with what are called vendor accounts. And these are accounts that will usually give terms let me, like... Let me, let me jump in real quick. For, sure. for, for those that may be listening, uh, define a vendor. So a vendor account is basically not credit issued by a bank, but it's issued by a trade vendor. So, for example, what I refer to a vendor as is somebody that's basically giving you terms like net 30. So instead of a Sears revolving credit card where if you put 100 bucks on it, you pay 20 bucks a month till it's paid off, a vendor account is where you've got 30 days to pay the balance that you accrue in total. Okay, that's what a net 30, for example, account is. So some starter vendors include companies like Uline and Quill that sell office and shipping supplies, reliable office supplies. There's a company called Lachlan & Associates that deals with corporation services. Uh, there's a company called Monopolize Your Marketplace that deals with advertising and marketing services. So every one of these sources are people that will let you buy their products and services without actually having to pay them. They'll give you credit. Even if you're a brand new business, they'll give you credit to buy their products and services. So now what happens is you go into Uline, you go into Quill, you get a credit line with them. It's a pretty amount, $500 to $1,000, let's say, then you buy things in their store, you pay the bill on time, they report it to Dun & Bradstreet, Experian, and Equifax, one or two of those three. Then those accounts will then give you a credit profile and give you a credit score. Once you have about five of those kind of accounts, and I think I named at least five, then of those five, that will give you trade lines, a credit profile, credit score. Then you can start moving into Office Depot. You can move to Amazon. You can move to Best Buy. Most major retail stores offer revolving business credit cards that they will do based on your EIN only. But again, the key is to leave your social off. Okay? They might tell you they have to have it. You might have to call in and make sure that they submit the application without it. Some of the frontline people don't even know it's possible. But what's happening is then you're forcing them to pull the business credit. They see the trade lines. They see the profile. They see the score. And then they make their lending decisions based on that information. So once you obtain about five revolving accounts, and you have a 10 total, five vendor accounts, five store revolving accounts, then with 10 accounts and a good credit score reflecting you've paid your bills as agreed, then what will happen is then you can start to go and get cash credit. So Sam's Club, Home Depot are just two, for example, that offer commercial credit cards that are Visa cards with five $10,000 limits usually to start that don't require the personal guarantee and don't require the personal credit check. And then from that point, you just 
continue to do what you do with normal credit. You continue to obtain more credit. You continue to use the credit, pay your bills as agreed, and as you can repeat the cycle, you'll qualify for more and more credit with increasing and increasing limits. And the time period for this, so I'm at day zero, at what point can I reasonably believe that I could have these lines of credit with Sam's Club and those kinds of people? Once you're set up credibly, then you can start getting vendor accounts right away. Those accounts will typically report in 30 to 60 days. They can go as long as 90, but from my experience, most of them report within 30 to 60 days. 30 to 60 days, you have your five accounts reported, then you can start to get store credit. You obtain five more store credit accounts, give them another 30 to 60 days to report, and you're able to get cash credit. So the whole process to get the cash credit takes about four to six months. Four to six months. Now, it, when you're when you're saying some of these things, and like I have a, a Uline account, and boy, it almost seems like I'm doing myself a disservice by paying my Uline account when they deliver. Like I I don't want them to bill me. I've always had that attitude. Am I in fact harming myself by not allowing Uline to send me a bill? Well, it's not that you're harming yourself. I think you're very financially responsible. But look, this is what I find is that there comes a point where to get to the next level in business, you're going to need money. And what you're doing is not building a business credit profile and score when you could be. And that in itself is a very valuable asset that's kind of being neglected. You know, business credit, you've got to be careful of because not only does every bank and every credit card company and any type of money you apply for pull business credit, but I can pull your business credit. Right now, I can pull your business credit. I don't need your permission to do it. So your prospects, your clients, potential buyers of your company, investors in your company, your competitors, any of these people can see your business credit profile. So it's a very valuable asset that you want to make sure is established, that you want to make sure that you have good and established credit because that in itself is a reflection of you and your business. So it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's that you can take advantage of the fact that Uline will give you credit and establish a business credit profile and score buying things that you're going to buy anyways. It's no different than what you're doing, except maybe when the items are delivered, you go online and pay the bill. And in doing so, you're then going to have an excellent business credit profile and score. So that's just more of a make sense step because then when you need business credit down the road, it's there for you. Whether you're getting a loan, whether you're getting a credit card, whether somebody you don't know or somebody you do know is looking at your credit profile and score, you have that credit established really by doing things like you said you're doing anyways, but in doing so, you're able to establish your business credit. Okay. So, so I, I open up these 10 accounts. I, I go through the process and then I get some of the larger accounts. When, I'm, when I go and I try to get a business loan, say I want cash now, I don't want, you know, necessarily, I, want, I don't want to buy a product, I, I need cash for my business. What's, how do I get into that arena? Well, the cash credit is a large part of that. I mean, you know, we deal with a lot of real estate investors that get to the, you know, the Visa card level, the Home Depot, the Sam's Club, for example, type level, and they're obtaining multiple $50,000 plus credit cards or credit lines. So we have people that buy real estate, even buy apartment complexes using their corporate credit, using these business credit lines and cards they're obtaining through the process that I just actually walked you through. Now, there's the extra step 
of business loans. And when you start to get to business loans of 60 grand and 70 grand and 100 grand, then you really start to get into an environment where they do want to see a personal guarantee or some kind of collateral. The risk, obviously, at that point to the lender is much higher. And this is why you can build lots of business credit by doing multiple cards. But when you start to get limits over 50 grand, then they start to get a little squeamish. Then actually you're going to find credit issuers and lenders might want a guarantee. They might want some kind of collateral to offset the risk. But at that point, even at that point, they're still going to look at your business credit. It's going to be the driving factor. So when you apply for a credit line, when you apply for a loan, then at that point, they're going to want to see that you have established and good business credit. They also might want, depending on the actual amount that you're applying for, want to look at your personal credit and any other factors such as financials or collateral. Again, it depends on the type of financing that you're qualifying for. This may be a naive question. And I apologize if it is. I'm thinking if I if I've wanted to go, I was brand new. I wanted to set this thing up from scratch, but I wanted to make sure that I was dotting all my I's and crossing my T's correctly. And I didn't want to do it myself. Meaning, maybe maybe I have other things to do. Maybe I just want to make sure it's done as perfect as it can be done. Who do I go to? Well, with business credit building, I think if you do any research, you'll find that you know our company, Credit Suite, is really one of the biggest companies that's out there. Um, and this is kind of how I got to where I am, is that I'm somebody that lost everything. I built a mortgage company, successful company at a very young age, walked through the crash, lost it all in large part because I personally guaranteed my money. And when I discovered business credit existed, I was very upset and very frustrated that there weren't companies out there that were promoting it, that it wasn't easy to find. And that's what led me to actually building Credit Suite. And since that time, we've really dominated the business credit space because there's really not a lot of companies out there. So you've got a couple options. First of all, if you go to actually our YouTube channel, and you could type in Credit Suite, which is S-U-I-T-E, um, in YouTube, or you could even type in business credit. You'll see we're about 40% of that first page. We have all kinds of free information that teaches people all they need to know to build their business credit. They can always go to our main website as well, creditsuite.com, which is creditsuite.com, um, and they'll find out all kinds of information about our products and services where we can help them build business credit. They can even go to creditsuite.com forward slash EIN and get a free four-step guide that walks them through the steps of building business credit. The one thing to know is you don't need to pay anybody to do this. Just as you don't need to pay somebody to build your consumer credit, you can build your business credit on your own. And I just gave some information of free resources on how to do that. Or again, if you want the help, if you want to work with a professional team and have it done faster, then hey, we'd love it if they reached out to us. We'll do anything in our power to help make that happen. Can you fix someone's business credit? Sure. Part of our process is business credit repair. But what we find is that very few people need it in relation to the, those that think they do. So a lot of people might think they have damaged business credit because they paid vendors late. But 95% of trade vendors don't report to the business credit reporting agencies. That's why it's so hard to initially establish business credit. So we help anybody that needs help fixing business credit do so. And it's not that difficult of a process to do because there is no Fair Credit Reporting Act. There is no millions of disputes taking place as there is in the consumer world. So we find that about 80 or 90% of negative items that we actually question and challenge are actually end up being deleted as a result. Right. Which seems fair. 
let's face it, if it's not correct, it should, should seem it should be deleted. If I didn't want to go to say I'm, I, I love reading, I don't want to go to a website, I don't want to go to YouTube, I don't want to hear it or or, or go to the sites. Is there anything else to read? Do I go to Barnes well, and Noble, Amazon? What book could I buy? I have a book out there called Business Credit Decoded. And if anybody searches my name um, or searches Business Credit Decoded on Amazon, that will walk them through the actual steps of building business credit. Now, again, like I said, there's a lot of free resources without having to buy anything where you can obtain that. Um, but you'll find that I actually have a book on Amazon that's one of the best-selling books on business credit that really walks somebody through the actual process as well. And we have a podcast, The Business Credit Financing Show. So even if you're like me that likes to listen to content while you're doing other things, then there's another way that you can obtain that kind of information, um, actually hearing it versus reading. So there's a couple different resources and ways that your listeners can get information. Outstanding. It wasn't, uh, that question, by the way, wasn't directed at your book, but I'm glad you have a book. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to self-promote either. <laughs> I, I promise you I'm not. It's just part of the reason that we exist and I'm here is because there isn't all of this predominant information either about their about business credit. I mean, you can go to Google and search business credit and go many pages deep before you find companies that really offer it. Yeah. So I promise I'm not trying to self-promote. It's just hard to find a lot of content out there about business credit. That's part of the reason we exist because there wasn't information out there that's really readily available. One of my um one of my service providers who I see quite often. One day she came up to me, she says, tell me about Dun and Bradstreet. And I said, well, I guess it's Dun and Bradstreet because I don't, I don't directly know. And she says, well, they keep calling me. They keep calling me and want to know about my business. What do I do? What does she do? Well, the first thing you need to know is that there's a difference between Dun & Bradstreet and Dun & Bradstreet credibility. Dun & Bradstreet is a very large, very well-known, publicly-owned company. As a matter of fact, we've had five U.S. presidents work for Dun & Bradstreet, whether it be mercantile agency or whatever they were called throughout their history. Dun & Bradstreet credibility, whole different story. They were, have only been around for less than six years. They have uh, serious reputation issues. They're calling anybody and everybody that's a business to try to convince them that they have to pay thousands of dollars to establish business credit. This isn't my opinion. If you research, you'll see that about every year they've been in business, they've obtained at least one class action lawsuit because of this kind of misleading tactics. So the one thing that everybody needs to know is that you don't need to pay for a DUNS number. You don't need to pay to activate your credit profile and score. This is something that Dun & Bradstreet Credibility says that you do have to do. You don't. Those things are absolutely free. And somebody, everybody needs to know that you do not need to pay to build business credit. So even though Dun & Bradstreet Credibility will try to sell what they call a credit builder program, it's nothing anybody needs to pay for. And if they get a call saying, hey, look, somebody's looking into your business, they're seeing nothing nothing. Nobody's looking into your business. They're following the same script for everybody they call. That's part of why they have so many lawsuits against these misleading tactics. So some insight out there. You're dealing with Dun & Bradstreet credibility. You don't have to buy what they're selling. And more than likely, then nobody actually inquired, and that's the reason they called. They're just calling because you're one of every business in America that they're actually calling to solicit their services to. That has to be frustrating because they sound so important. And that when well, you, if, that's you, the, if you I'm call sorry, them, and in fact, they are not necessarily doing things they should be doing, that's unfair for the consumer. 
Well, and that's the premise, you know, is that Dun and Bradstreet separated credibility because they wanted a way to kind of be borderline almost unethical without it being their company that was doing it. And look, this is why they have so many class action lawsuits. And if you look, a lot of the major news publications out there have reported exactly what I'm telling you. Um, it's okay to say, look, I have something of value that you may want or need. Where the line is crossed is where they call entrepreneurs and say, somebody's looking into your business. You don't have anything established. It looks like you're unestablished or near bankruptcy. You need to buy this. Well, that's when you get into you know misleading. This is where it's Pre unethical. On, preying on people yeah. that um, – should be preyed on. Yeah, I get right. that. Yeah, and, and that's problematic. So you need to, your listeners, that's a great question. Your listeners should know this because this is common. They will call you and they will resort to those kind of tactics. And the defense to that is, is not return their call, not talk to them. What's the, how can a person who may be a little bit naive, but don't, that doesn't want to go down that road with them, what do they say besides hang up? Hang up. Okay. I mean, say you're not interested, like anything else. You just have to keep in mind they're a telemarketer that's calling you following a script. That, that's exactly what's taking place. And you have to treat it as such. You hang up or you tell them you're not interested and you hang up. And you understand that everything they're saying is just a scripted tactic to get you to buy their product and service. Yeah, makes sense to me. I have um, a, a, one last question before we go, and I appreciate the time you've spent with us. But I've got to ask, what's your six-year-old going to do when he grows up? <laughs> i got to tell you, I asked him that the other day. It's so funny because he asked me, he said, Dad, what is rich? And I said, well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, son. So we had to sit down and talk about what interest was and how rich is being different depending on who you are. And I said, look, my version of rich is when you have enough off interest to live off of um, where you don't need to work anymore. And he said, well, what kind of jobs can do that? And we talked about a lot of different options. And of course, I heavily pushed the entrepreneur option. And he said, no, I think I'm going to be a doctor. I said, son, it's, it's your choice. So I don't know. I think he's a little too young to know that. I think he has more of an engineering type mind. So I think that he might end up in an engineering type field. But according to him in this moment, I think it's a race car driver, football player, or doctor. Well, naturally, yes. Who wouldn't want to be a race car driver when you're six? <laughs> and that sounds like the job to have. Well, this has been fun. Tell everybody again how they can um, find you what you can do for them when they do chat with you, and um, we'll end it there. Sure, absolutely. They can go to our website, which is creditsuite.com. That's S-U-I-T-E, creditsuite.com forward slash E-I-N. Grab a free guide on step-by-step -step building their business credit. Um, and our information is right there on our main, main website as well. So if they'd like a free consultation to see what's on their Experience Smart Business report without actually paying for it and just get some general advice on how to get started with business credit, uh, they could definitely contact us through email or phone number and our information is right there on our website. Perfect. I, you know, I said I didn't have any more questions, but I have one last question. I'm ready. Are you sure? This is a big one. I, think, I, I don't know. And, and I, now and you're I, scared me. Now, I, when I, before I ask this question, I have to ask you to be as gentle with the answer as you can be. I know I didn't ask something that most people ask, that chat with you. What was that? I think it might be the biggest mistake I've ever made business-wise and what I learned from that mistake. 
myself personally, it actually had to come down to uh, personally funding my business, you know, putting a personal guarantee out there when I didn't actually need to. And like I said, you know, the end result of what I learned from that um, was that you don't have to. That's what kind of led me to understand what business credit is and that there's a way to obtain and and get money without you putting your personal uh, financials in harm's way. I love it. I absolutely love it. I believe personally in the, in the water faucet business, so I, I kind of get that a little bit. Thank you for um, being on the show. Yeah, well, listen, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun, and I'm really, really, really honored to be here. Thanks again. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Well, that was exciting. I enjoyed that. I learned a lot. I'm not sure about anybody else, but I'm going to re-listen to that podcast and keep tie on my speed dial on my cell phone. It's amazing to me. And it just, you know, every day I'm, I'm reminded that what I know um, isn't everything. So I know, I, I know I don't know everything. And when I interview folks like Ty, it, it just, just magnifies that knowledge of, not, of knowing that I don't know everything. He had so much to bring to the show. Uh, one of the things, for those of you that uh, – were interested in contacting him. He absolutely didn't want to self-promote. He was trying hard not to. He, in fact, said, it feels awkward to talk about myself, Mike. And I thought he had such great stuff to say. His material and what we could learn from him was so fascinating and abundant and, and quite frankly, actionable. I mean, you can take steps. I mean, you can go down tomorrow, get that EIN number, and start your path to business credit. I don't have a problem at all asking him to tell people how to find him. And I just think that's part of what we're supposed to do here is when we, when we have a guest, one who's responsible and professional and who can help, who's not just out there taking up airspace, but who can actually help us. Well, we, we, we have to magnify him or them. And I hope you appreciate that. Um, I'm going to do it again, uh, and I'm, every time I have a guest on I think is important, I'm going to ask them to tell you about themselves, and uh, you take it from there. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Michael Quarles Real Estate Show. Get more info and stay in touch at michaelquarles.com.